Craigslist is a great resource for finding cars, but you have to be aware of scams. Remember, if it's too good to be true, then it generally is. On this episode of Getting Money Right, we're talking about buying cars and specifically used cars so that you're better prepared to buy a vehicle that is in good order, it's affordable, it's mechanically sound, and it's going to last you for a long time. So let's talk about finding the right car. It's important that you buy a vehicle that's going to meet your needs, and there is no best car that is suitable for everyone. And the cheapest car is not always the best buy, neither is the most expensive. So you must consider the amount of maintenance a car requires, the maintenance cost, mileage, resale value of the car, and the intended use of the automobile. Yeah, I love what you said that there's no best car for everybody. I had a friend, his name's James, he did a video on the best haircut. And he basically went through and said, I've figured out the best haircut in the world. And it was essentially, you know, a shaved head because it was cheaper, it was quicker, it was easier. And he can do it himself. He can do it himself. (laughs) And so, yeah, for him in that season of life, that was the best. But of course, not everyone is going to shave their head. Well, not everyone is going to drive a truck. Not everyone is going to drive a small compact vehicle. Not everybody's going to buy a 20-year-old vehicle. Not everybody's going to buy a three-year-old vehicle. We're looking for the vehicle that suits you. And so be aware of that. It's okay to find something that fits your personality that you love. Uh, Did you know that the average family ends up spending during their lifetime more money, putting more money into automobiles, almost 50% more than they end up putting into their homes? automobiles over the course of a lifetime is an expensive investment. Yes, it is. And, and personally, it represents something about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it reveals a little bit about who you are. Now, I don't want you to wrap your identity in your vehicle. My identity is definitely not in my car, but there are some things I appreciate about my vehicle and there's some reasons that I chose it. And I want you to have reasons before you make that purchase. So before you buy that car, you definitely want to have it mechanically checked. We're talking about used vehicles and the mechanical inspection is a huge piece of that. Yes, it is. A good source for reports of service history uh, or safety recalls, fuel economy, uh, key advantages and disadvantages and current price ranges for all makes and models of vehicles is consumer reports. They actually put together a complete guide to used cars, which is a great resource. You can get a monthly membership and just pay for, I think it's like six ninety five per month. If you're looking to buy a car, you can get that membership for one month or two until you purchase a car. And after that, if you don't need it, you can just cancel. Or you can get a yearly for like $35. So it's, it's a small cost to get such a comprehensive review. But it's not the only source. There's so many other free resources. As we talked in the previous show on how to buy a new car, we talked about going to Edmunds.com, Autobytel, Kelly Blue Book and just researching, there's so much information. And something that I recently have really started paying more attention to, David, is the reviews that people have put on some of these forums and websites. These are actual buyers that have bought these cars and they offer their own experience. And as you read it, you can tell people that are mechanically inclined the ones that are not. So you can take that feedback or reviews with a grain of salt, but it is informative because it tells you people's actual experience. So if you find that the person that's speaking is speaking somewhat on your behalf, that's the kind of 
car or, or things that would annoy you that maybe yeah. not annoy someone else, you can take that into consideration and you might choose to say, there's no way I would ever buy that car knowing that fact about it. So just getting all this information is so important. Before you buy a car, you can use Consumer Reports Complete Guide to Use Cars or other resources to get that information. Yeah, that's great. So before you even go out to purchase, there's a few things that you need to do. A, figure out the type of car and the features that you want. Again, looking at different brands. Talk to your friends. You know, what do they love about their vehicle? Look on the road and see what you love when you see it driving by and it really piques your interest. You know, look at that. Go on Google, pull up that vehicle, look three years back, look three years forward, and you begin to see, okay, how much does this vehicle go down in value over the course of a year, two years, three years? And you can begin to get a feel, okay, is that the kind of vehicle I want to be in? Avoid making an impulsive decision. You want something that's going to match your lifestyle. If you are in your mid-20s, realize that kids are probably on the way. Maybe mm-hmm. not for everybody. You know, you might know that that's not in your future, but don't buy a two-seater if in the next five years you really need, I don't know, a utility sport vehicle, a four-door vehicle, a minivan. I don't know what's coming, <laughs> but coming. you know, just be aware, be aware that, that you're looking at something that's going to last more than one to two years. You're looking at a five to 10-year investment. Be really willing to make the right decision. Yeah, and I think depending on the kind of car you're buying and the price of car you're buying because price does come into the equation if you're buying a three or four thousand dollar car yes you can make it last there's been cars that we've bought at that price that we've made last 10 12 years but that's unlikely for most people i'm i fixed my own vehicle so i kept the thing running but there's a cost involved there's an inconvenience factor so when you're buying if you're buying on the lower end meaning three four five thousand dollars maybe you can get four four years out of it, yeah. But probably ten is going to be a stretch. Yeah, four is going to so be. So, <laughs> considering the kind of car you're buying, that comes into play. But if you're paying ten to twelve thousand dollars for a vehicle, you want that to last six seven years. So, if you're 25 now, consider where you're going to be at 32. Yeah. Will you be good. married? Will you have one or two children? And will you have to sell that car prematurely? Again, stretching that payment that that cost over the years is what makes cars affordable yeah. and friendly to your budget. And yeah. that's what we want. We want you to buy a car that's going to be friendly to your budget, help you to accomplish all the other things you need to do through your finances. And choosing that way and thinking about how many years am I going to use it, what price am I paying, and what's coming ahead. That's really, really important. Yeah. you know, Most people lose money on the purchase and on the sell, sale of a vehicle. They, they tend to have a margin that they lose on buying it and a margin that they lose on selling it. And usually it's because it's a hassle. It takes time. It takes energy. And so if you're selling it, you usually cut somebody a little bit better deal because you want to get out from under it. Mm-hmm. And then when you're buying, you're really excited. So you want to buy it right away. So you spend maybe a little bit more than it's worth or it goes down in value pretty quickly when you first purchase a vehicle. So just be aware. The longer you can hold on, to a vehicle in general is going to save you money over time. All right. So the first step then was to determine the type of car and the features you want. The second step is to read car reviews and forums. And just as I mentioned earlier, it's important to find this information as you begin to look at the kind of car that you want to purchase. Uh, several websites, Kelly Blue Book, Edmunds.com, Autobytel, provide information on car features, specifications, even cost of ownership. So take advantage of that. Yeah. And then you want to define your budget. Consider the total cost of the vehicle, not just the car payment, not just the car insurance, not just the gas, but is there anything that you're going to need to do to fix up? If you're looking at a used vehicle, 
how much are you going to need to be spending in maintenance? You're going to mm-hmm. have to set aside something in maintenance every month. And if it's an older, older vehicle, if you're really great with your hands and you know how to work on vehicles, then great. It won't cost you quite as much, but it's still going to cost you something. You're mm-hmm. still going to need parts. You're still going to need to spend the time on it. So just be aware of the total cost. Don't just take into account the monthly payment. Look beyond that. And if you can, we'd love the idea of paying cash for a used vehicle. And so be thinking not what's the monthly payment and I can, I can afford be thinking how much could I afford to just pay for this thing outright. Both of those are a great way to look at it. Yeah. That's always preferred. Yeah. Sometimes you, you may be into a situation where you, even on a used car, even a four or $5,000 car, you may not be able to pay for the whole thing. But even if sure. you paid for half of it and only finance for a year, instead of having a three year payment of 150, you only have it for a year. That makes a big difference. So as much as you can put some money down, definitely put some money down on it. But if you can pay cash, that would be ideal. Yeah, so once you've picked out your vehicle, you've begun to look at the overall price, definitely cross-reference a bunch of different online used car listings. So it's okay to look at dealerships. It's good to look at Kelly Blue Book. It's good to look at Edmunds. It's great to go onto Craigslist. You know, look everywhere you can because you want to get a feel for, A, what's available, what it really costs, what an extra 30,000 miles of mileage on a car adds to that vehicle or takes away from that vehicle. If it's just one year older, how much do you save on it? If it's one year newer, how much does it cost? It's really nice to know that because if you can go out and look and maybe the this happened for me, the 2010 model of the vehicle I was looking at was an older version and the 2011, they redid the body so it looked a little bit nicer. Well, if I could find a 2011 at 2010 prices, I was going to have a lot better looking vehicle. Mm -hmm. I just had to keep searching to find the right one. Or maybe I decide my budget doesn't quite afford me that 2011. So I'm just going to look at 2010s and because I don't care about the body. But that's up to you. This is where that individual style really matters. Yeah, but so much of that is driven by price. Um, yes. Really, that's where you start with the price and say, okay, if I am buying a four or $5,000 vehicle or $10,000 vehicle, then I need to research until I find that vehicle that's going to meet that price and the need that I have. So yes, I think that's what's intriguing about this process is that the price will drive the kind of vehicle that, that yeah. you'll eventually purchase. It's not wants or needs or desires so much. It's I have this much, now I'm looking for cars that fit into that price range that also meet my need for transportation yeah. and also comfort uh, features, everything else that I want. So it is driven by price and that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah, the first two vehicles that my wife and I bought were entirely driven by price and we we're looking for a certain price and then did it meet basic requirements? Can it get us to and from work? Yep. Is it a low enough mileage that it could last us five years if we needed it to last us five or more years? And we we're looking for that price point. Over time, though, as your finances grow and you keep getting money right, you know, we believe that you're going to have more options and more choices based on style and based on what you want. And that's okay. That's a good thing to be or a good place to be. So uh, now you've figured out a vehicle, you've begun to really zero in on one you love. You've got to figure out the vehicle's history. This is a used vehicle. So how many people have used it? You know, is this one owner? Is this two owners? Let's look back, uh, figure out if the owner that's currently driving it has maintenance records. 
And did they keep the receipts from when they put oil in it? And did they put the good oil in it? Did they put the cheapest oil in it? Did they skip a year of oil maintenance? And all of a sudden you're like, wait, where did the receipts go for this? So are they tracking or do they have receipts? Are they getting their tires rotated? Take a look at the tires. If you buy a vehicle and then within three months have to put a set of four or $500 tires on there, mm-hmm. be aware that that changes the cost. You know, just look under the hood. If it's dirty and it looks like it's been neglected, be aware of that. You know, take the time. So many people are afraid because they're not great with vehicles to even pop open the hood because they feel like I'm intimidated. It's going to look bad. No, practice opening the hood of your current vehicle or on a friend's vehicle and practice, you know, go open the the driver's side door, find the little button, push the button, pull the button, figure out where it is, then go to the hood, figure out how to put your hand under there, empower yourself with a little bit of practice so that when you go to look, at least you'll look like you're an authority and you'll pop it open and you'll say, oh, this looks dirty. And I think that's going to be a couple hundred dollars off the price I'd be willing to pay. You know, what you're willing to look at and, and dig into will help you when you're negotiating the price. Another place to look is for fluid leaks. I always bring a flashlight, even if it's daylight. Yeah. And just a small light that you can shine underneath the car, bring a rag, bring a t-shirt, some old stuff that you can put your knee on. You don't have to get underneath the car. You just have to look to see if you see any visible leaks, anything that would disqualify you from even considering driving the car or, or entertaining buying the car. Because those those kind of Uh, indicators are going to tell you that this person hasn't taken care of their car. If it's leaking everywhere, if it's got, you know, broken CV joints and things that are going on, you're, you just don't want to buy a car that's going to need a bunch of maintenance as soon as you buy it. So it's important just to to have it again, it's just a general look, but, Mm -hmm. but it's going to tell you whether this car was well-maintained or not. So be prepared to look and uh, and see if you can see anything that would disqualify it. Also look at the interior condition. The interior condition really is an indicator of how well the car was cared for. Really any part is, but the interior, if you look at uh, stained, torn, or abused upholstery, these are just signs that whoever had this vehicle didn't give much care or thought about how to maintain it. And listen, if they didn't take care of the interior, which they sit in, they probably ignore the engine much more. And so to me, those are just basic indicators that you want to look at and say, okay, if I drive up to a car and the picture might have been great on Craigslist, but when I drive up and look at this thing and I can tell from five feet away that it's a wreck, well, I'm sorry, but there's not much more I'm going to do entertaining even considering this car. It's just something I won't do. Yeah, that's good. You want to figure out the personality of the person selling it to you and really figure out, is this the kind of person that takes care of their stuff? Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you happen to meet them at their home, not that doesn't happen often, but you know, take a look at their house. See, see how they maintain the rest of their life. That's right. And it might give you an indication of how they maintain their vehicle. And this is not judging people. It's realizing that you're buying something that has to be of value and it has to last for you. And you're picking up as many clues as you can as to the condition of this car. And unfortunately, all you've got is the word of the person and the evidence that's ahead of you. So do enough due diligence to look at the right thing so that you can determine if this car is going to be a good value for you. Yeah. And it's the same if you're selling a vehicle. You've got to then take a look at these different things. You know, if you're going to go sell a vehicle be a little bit put together when you go sell that vehicle. You know, you look nice as you go to sell a vehicle. Change out the floor mats, give it a car wash, because these things do matter. Uh, So be keeping an eye out for that. Yeah, and we're also talking about having a car that's going to last a while. And the only way that's going to happen is if you take good care of your stuff. 
And so don't just wait until you're ready to sell and then detail it and sell it in somebody, but take care of it. Keep yeah. It, oh, absolutely. Clean, you know, I mean, that's, no. that's what's going to make that car last longer. And it's going to be a good vehicle that you can sell and get the most value from on the back end. Yeah. Doing proper oil changes and basic maintenance on your vehicle absolutely do that. Look at your owner manual, spend a little bit of time just learning the basics. And it doesn't mean you have to learn to change your own oil, but learn how often it needs to be changed and learn when the timing belts need to be changed. Look at the basics and and really invest a little bit of time in getting that done. It'll cause that vehicle to go a lot further for you. Yeah, I agree. Whether you do a maintenance or not, that's really not the issue. The issue is I would hang on to the records. I bought oh, the last yeah. two vehicles where I've got literally a, a, a file folder full of receipts going back four or five years. Yeah. And it gave me a great peace of mind because the fact that the person held down to the receipts told me that they didn't skip the maintenance that needed to be done. Yeah. And they had a, a file folder that they actually put all these receipts in. And when I got it, I went through and looked and I was looking for oil changes and I was looking for the odometer at these oil intervals to see did they wait five, six, seven, eight months uh, or was it 6,000 miles or 3,000 miles? And when you see these receipts back to back, you can tell whether this car was maintained or not. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. But if you find someone that kept the records and has records, definitely consider that car. Yeah. Because that's going to be a well-maintained vehicle. Yeah, it's worth maybe an extra couple hundred dollars in order to get a great vehicle. I agree. So the next step would be car insurance. Once you find the ideal car, it's important to research insurance rates because once you buy the car, you're going to have to pay those rates. So make sure you're factoring that in. Uh, some cars with a higher probability of theft or damage require higher premium payments. So consider that if you're buying a car that's a more of a premium model, it may have higher costs because of the repair costs. So should you get into a wreck? That's yep. something to consider. Yeah, and earlier I recommended Craigslist, uh, but step eight is to watch out for scams. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you're purchasing from, and Craigslist is known for having uh, some scams that are out there, but Ashley and I have bought two or three vehicles off of Craigslist, yep. so it can work great. Absolutely. Uh, just be aware. If it looks like it's too good to be true, then it generally is, and just skip over it. If you see vehicles that have a salvage title and you don't know very much about vehicles, just just ignore them completely. Don't yep. deal with a salvage title. It's going to kill the resale value. You're going to see a lot better. It looks like a deal, uh, but it kills the resale value and you don't know what's really going on with it unless you're an expert. And sometimes experts are able to take a vehicle like that and get a good deal out of it. But if you're not a vehicle person, if it says salvage title, just skip it and keep yep. looking. Skip it and move on to the next one. There's too many cars out there to to buy anything that's either been abused or it's salvage, or it has any kind of headaches, because there's so many options out there. You can just move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. The salvage title typically means that it's been in an accident of some kind, and now it's it's, it's salvaged. They 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 got like what they could out of it, but the vehicle's not whole. <laughs> and, and who knows what that means, because each different accident is an individual different kind of salvage issue. But if it has salvage on there, it means it's been in some kind of accident that they really just like, hey, we salvaged the vehicle. We were able to get this much out of it, uh, but it doesn't mean it's 100% ready to go. Yeah, I mean, there are different uh, terminology for different states. In fact, it's one of the questions you want to ask before you even drive out. The car may look great, but if it was a, it has a salvage title, it also could be it could be because it was flooded at yep, some point, yep. and it wasn't a major flood, yeah, but it was accident, enough. Yeah, it could be a flood, yep. Yeah, it could have been totaled because mm -hmm. it had an accident that cost too much, and the insurance company decided to total it rather than fix it. It could have been junked, 
mm-hmm. somebody went, bought it, restored it, and put it back on the road. So it won't have a regular title. It'll have a junk title. Yep. Uh, it also can be reconstructed or rebuilt. So all of these tell you that something happened to this vehicle where the value of it went to almost nothing. It was basically a junk heap. Yeah. And someone decided to not allow it to just be a junk car, but to repair it, to restore it uh, back to operating condition, and then to apply for a salvage title. And there are, there are more and more of those cars out there. And sometimes sometimes the damage is not. I, right. I know right. I have family members that have bought cars that were salvaged that lasted for years. Yeah. So not all of these cars are bad necessarily, but that's where the inspection is so important because yeah. somebody can look into that and realize, hey, it does have a salvage title, but I can't find anything wrong with this vehicle. It's actually as good a vehicle or better than some that do not have a salvage title. So it really all depends on what's happened. But again, if you don't know about that, it, the best advice I have is it's better to walk away because you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And rather than buying something that's going to be a problem uh, and potentially a car that's not going to be good for you, um, it, it's better not to even go down that road. So let's look at just the overall steps to buying. First, you want to call the owner, get as much information over the phone as you can before you look at the car. You want to get a bunch of pictures, get a good feel for the vehicle, ask the right questions on the phone. You know, Just be able to confirm if it's a car that you want to go see or that you can just remove from your list. How long have you owned it? Why are you selling it? How many original miles are on the car? Has it ever been in an accident? Is there a salvage title? You know, these are the different types of questions you want to ask. Has it been in a flood? Was it ever totaled or was it junked or is it salvage? Asking these questions before you even go, mm-hmm. that can help save you time. I think it's so important, especially with, if you're going to use Craigslist, which is a great resource, is that you ask the questions. Don't assume just because the pictures are they look right because pictures can be very deceiving. I mean, yeah. we have we have the ability today to take some very clear pictures, but if you look at some of these pictures and they're slightly out of focus or something, and and I'm always suspicious of that. And I say, come on, you have a, an iPhone or or Samsung or something. I mean, it's automatic. There's no way you got it out of focus unless you wanted to, yeah. Or you were just trying to take a bad picture. And granted, there may be one or two people in the world that take bad pictures, but ultimately, it's almost dummy proof. You can take good pictures. And when I see that. I either say, okay, I'm not going to discount it, but I want them to send me some pictures. So I'll text them. I'll say, can you send me a picture of these areas? Mm, I want to see. A, I want to see a picture of the body, uh, door handles, uh, you know, fenders, hood. I'm going to ask them to go around the car, take 10, 10 to 12 pictures, and if they're not willing to do it, they're hiding something. I'm going to move on. Yeah. If they're going to send them to me and they look the way they should, then it's going to give me a better feeling for, okay, do I want to drive out from Fort Worth to Dallas, a 30-mile drive, to look at this car? Mm-hmm. And I may or may not, depending on the on, on what I'm getting. But that's why it's so important to do this pre-going out, whatever that is, to, yeah. be, before you actually make a come in to go out and spend your time and test drive the car and meet this person. Um, do as much as you can to screen out the cars that are not going to be mm-hmm. goodbye for you. Yeah, that's good. And then you run and do the test drive. But A, even though it's a used vehicle, don't hesitate to do a test drive. The test drive is extremely important. So get out, drive it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Let them know, hey, I'm going to go drive from here to here. You know, just go drive, drive on the highway, drive on the access road. Uh, Don't don't ruin it, but, you know, slam on the brakes a little bit. Make sure the brakes are working. See uh, how every accessory is doing. You know, turn on 
the left blinker, turn on the right blinker, hit the windshield wipers. You want to test every function that you can. Open up the glove compartment. Look at the mirrors, you know, the internal mirrors, the external mirrors. You want to make sure there's nothing that's broken because that could easily be an extra $100, $200, $300 on the back end that you don't want to spend. So really spend some time looking at all the moving parts of this car. Yeah, I think another issue that most uh, older vehicles, you know, I'm talking eight years old or older, uh, that they'll have is the engine light will come on. And, oh, yeah. And that is an indication of several things that could go wrong. It could be emission-related, spark plugs, fuel, uh, all kinds of issues. And sometimes those codes don't come on right away, especially if the issue is, you know, the, the computer's trying to diagnose whether the, the problem is a real problem or just a one-time event. So it puts it in storage, and it doesn't give you the warning light until it happens two or three times. So if you take it for a five-, six-minute ride, it's not going to have a chance to do that. So you have to extend that drive to 10, 15, 20 minutes so that it's going to warm up. It's going to run up to normal operating temperature. And anything that might pop up, it will pop up within 20 minutes if it's significant. If it's not and it doesn't come on until the next day, it's probably a problem that's not going to cost very much to fix. But if it comes on immediately after after the code is erased, which yeah. somebody wise will be able to do that and sell you on it. And the next thing you know, you've got this engine light problem that you just can't extinguish. And if you can't get that done, by the way, you can't get your emissions uh, yeah. inspection done. So now you're, you may be looking at hundreds of dollars worth of expenses. So that's why it's so important to take these steps is that you're trying to avoid being scammed mm -hmm. or somebody pulling one over on you because you didn't do your due diligence. Yep. So then begin your negotiation and you really want to fight to get the best deal. So the negotiation price is always assuming that the vehicle is in good working order and has never been in an accident or a flood. Any known problems need to be talked about in that negotiated yeah, price. Absolutely. So you want to ask those questions, even once you've really kind of started to look at the vehicle and say, I want this vehicle ask. Don't hesitate. Look the person in the eyes and say, has this been in an accident? Mm -hmm. Do you know if this has been in a flood? You know, really, really ask and, and don't hesitate to push in and push back and say, well, if this is, if, if I know that it's got this dent or it's got this issue, I'm going to need to take something off of the price and really lean into that negotiation. Always make any offer contingent on a professional pre-purchase inspection. So Leo, walk us through that pre-purchase inspection. Yeah, it's so important to get a professional unbiased inspection. Uh, I always do this. I'll actually ask the person if they have any problem with me taking the vehicle. I give them a good down payment. I leave my information, my driver's license information with them so they know I'm not trying to steal their car. But I ask them, can I take the car for a few hours, half a day, a day, where I take it and get it inspected. Now, I do that after I make a negotiation and agree to buy the vehicle mm, because I want them to know, no, I'm going to buy this vehicle. Unless it comes back and it's got some major issues, we've got a deal and it's on this price. That's so cool. they have the confidence of knowing that I'm committed to the deal, but I want the car inspected. And if they believe the car's in good condition, they shouldn't have any issue with me taking it to a mechanic to get inspected. But the reason you really want to take it to a mechanic is because you want to look at the things that are not visible. Mm -hmm. How much of the brakes are gone? Is Does it need a brake job in the next three months? Do you need new tires? Are the tires unbalanced? Are they worn funny? Those are things that you may not have the ability to discern just by driving the vehicle. So you're taking it to a mechanic because they're going to look at everything. They're going to look at the engine. They're going to look at the transmission. They're going to look at the electronics. They're going to do a diagnostic check, and that's going to reveal any problems. And then the mechanic, if you ask him, he will give you an estimate of what it'll cost to, to bring those things into order to fix them, right? Now you can go back to the seller and you can say, here's what the mechanic found. 
these four issues, no big deal. They're minor things. It needs an yep. oil change. Well, of course it does, whatever. But if they're major things that are going to cost several hundred dollars, now you can say, hey, I made you an offer based on what I assume was a car in good condition. However, because of these repairs, can we renegotiate this and find a comparable balanced number to help you cover those costs so you're not buying a car that's going to need more money out of your pocket just to drive safely? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So now that you've really figured out the vehicle, you've negotiated a price, you've got to look at cash versus financing the vehicle. And obviously we strongly believe that the best way to buy an automobile, especially use one is to not finance, but save the money and pay cash for it. However, uh, I've spent time with a lot of people that didn't have the cash saved up. And so we had to figure out, okay, let's put a down payment but then what is it going to look like to finance the rest of this? So if you're going to finance an automobile, there are some basic guidelines. So first, it's generally better to sell your old car yourself rather than trading it in on a higher priced new one. So first, sell your old vehicle, do it yourself. It takes a little bit longer, but you're usually going to get more than you would if you were to trade it in or try to work out a deal. Never use the equity in your home to purchase a car or cash out refinancing, you don't want to put your home in jeopardy over a vehicle. So don't use a home loan. Or, uh, or pay 15 years for a car that should be paid in two. Oh, right? yeah. It's kind of a you big deal. You just don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, don't spread that out. Because you will get a lower payment, but right. when you add the interest in, you're going to double pay for that vehicle. So it's not wise. Yep. So if you have to borrow for a car at this time, then we encourage you to start preparing yourself uh, to buy your next car with cash. So start thinking today. Even if even if you're not in the market for a car, as you're listening to this, start thinking, all right, hey, what's it going to take two years for me to buy another vehicle? And how much do I need to save every month between now and then? So I can. So call that the car replacement fund, mm -hmm. put it into envelopes, put it into an emergency fund at the bank. It's no longer an emergency fund. Now it's your car replacement fund. All right. Uh, it requires less per month than a car payment. So paying cash is cheaper than a car payment typically. And you'll be able to use that amount that you've saved in order to sell your old vehicle and then purchase a new vehicle when you combine the selling price plus your savings, you should be able to get a decent used vehicle. I couldn't agree more. Now, the last thing we want to touch on is car warranties. This extended warranties makes sense for some cars, but for many, it does not. And since the cost is pretty high, it's something you really need to think about. You could purchase extended warranties from the dealer that you're maybe purchasing the car from, of course, from the manufacturer directly or online. Also, credit unions will sell warranties if you're doing your financing through the credit union. A couple of things to consider is does the warranty cover a period of time or a number of miles that's not covered under any implied warranties. If it's an extended warranty that covers like five years or 50,000 miles, the average driver will have the warranty for only about three years since the average person drives more than 10,000 miles per year. So just consider that. If it's five years or 50,000, you'll reach the 50,000 way before. So just consider that when you're looking at whatever warranty you want to purchase. And then look at the cost. Does the extended warranty cover parts and labor or just the parts because the labor is going to be pretty high does the price of the extended warranty seem reasonable in relation to the price of the parts covered sometimes it makes sense a lot of times it doesn't but do the math kind of consider it if it's a if it's an option for your vehicle yeah well we want to thank you for joining us for this episode if you enjoyed this episode please rate review and subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play or any app that you use for your podcast 
You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, you can find us and follow us. And we'd love to have you be part of the personal finance conversation. You can find the show notes to this episode, more content and resources at leosabo.com. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we We can can keep keep getting getting money money right. The reason you really want to take it to a mechanic is because you want to look at the things that are not visible. How much of the brakes are gone? Is, does it need a brake job in the next three months? Do you need new tires? Are the tires unbalanced? Are they worn funny? Those are things that you may not have the ability to discern just by driving a vehicle. Mm-hmm.